Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we continue on our study, our message on our spiritual walk, looking at the parables, uh, we find ourselves now in a smaller, simpler parable here in the 13th chapter of Matthew. Uh, Those who have been able to come and join us in Sunday school, uh, you've been getting a heavy dose of Matthew. Uh, We've been looking at the Sermon on the Mountain and his teachings there that we started with the Beatitudes and we've been marching slowly through uh, his teachings and process. And part of the message that he's giving us is the totality of the gospel. Uh, The gospel, tell your neighbor, is the good news. And and so we should be spreading the news. I, I remember... Uh, Growing up, uh, it's not as much popular as it is now, but uh, the papers uh, used to be a big thing, and you would see people on corners and and definitely TV shows saying, extra, extra, read all about it, right? Telling you, you know, here comes the news. And and there was a song growing up. I used to break dance to it all the time. That's what was the beginning of the song. Extra, extra, read about we got the news, and we going to shout, and they would hit a beast drop, and they say, you know, you're doing a backspin. That's going on, boy. I don't know what they said after that, but that was my call to get on the dance floor when I heard that song. But either way, that is pointing out that that saying was popular because they knew that when someone says the news is out, they will go to the source and find out the information, what was going on. Nowadays, people want to get information. They don't go to the newspaper. They don't go to the corner. They just get online. You can find information right there. So think about how we have opportunity to spread news, but are we spreading good news? You see, uh, we should have a gospel influence in the news that we spread. Uh, most of the news that we spread is on politics, it's, it's on social media, it's on a social celebrity. But yet, if we could impact people with the good news, with the gospel, how that could change somebody's life. Uh, change is going to come. Uh, whether you like it or not, uh, change is going to come. Matter of fact, life is full of changes. We experience change in different ways. <laughs> As I'm thinking about our body, how our body changes. Uh, you might look at your baby pictures and realize how your body has changed. You, you know, you used to have a fluffy, fat face. And then that baby fat starts going away, you get your adult face, right? You change. You look at those people and say, that's what I used to look like. And, you, and mom and daddy look at you and say, yeah, you used to be cute back then, right, right? Bodies change, right? You, you go through your growth spurts, right? You got marks on the door saying, I used to be this tall, but look at me now, right? And, and you have somebody in your family that you always want to be taller than. You don't know who, you, you might not know who it is, but you start aiming your sights. Cause, cause for me, I, I looked at my granddad, I said, I won't be as tall as my granddad. Granddad was six foot five. But yeah, I looked at my mom and said, but I can reach that. I can be taller than my mom. My mom, five feet tall. So I, I, I realized that that's where I want to be, but if I could get past this, I'd I, I be all right. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you look at people and say, as long as I can get taller than them, sometimes it might be in your classroom. If you go line up by highest, at least I could be taller. I'm not the last one in line. How, however it is, we realize that we grow, we change, we stretch. Some of y'all might remember like I do, the Brady Bunch. And remember, I forgot which one it was. He wanted to grow tall. He was hanging upside down on the monkey bars. <laughs> thought he could stretch himself. I thought the same thing, too. I went on the monkey bars. Let me stretch. Let me see if I can get a little bit taller. 
change happens in our body. Then as we get older, our body changes even more. As a matter of fact, our body changes so much they don't have a conversation with us. Our body changes without having a conversation with us that they start inviting people to your body that you don't know. All of a sudden, you get introduced to Arthur. Arthur not a friend of yours, but your body know Arthur very well. Arthur be talking to you in the morning, be talking to you at night, be waking you up at night. The next thing you know, your body starts transforming. Your body all of a sudden starts having dogs, and you start saying, my dogs are barking. You start buying different kinds of shoes. You used to buy cute shoes. Now you buy comfortable shoes. Am I talking to somebody here? Our bodies change. But yet here's another thing about what changing more in a scientifically way, right? We teach our children how to understand change by looking at a butterfly. And we teach them about metamorphosis. And, and metamorphosis shows how an egg uh, to a larva to a pupa to a butterfly, the adult stage. So go from immaturity to maturity. And the beautiful thing about when they study metamorphosis, they can see firsthand how something is different at each stage until they reach full maturity. And one thing, you know, we learned to like the, the monarch butterfly because one of the more beautiful butterflies out there. And so they look at that and says, how can it go from looking like that caterpillar to being a beautiful butterfly? And, and yet it gets into that pupa stage and the chrysalis stage and we don't see what's going on in there. But yet something changes within there that it comes out. We see the beautiful butterfly. Change comes. Change helps us grow, helps us mature, helps us to get to the level we want to be. Change involves a lot of elements that the metamorphosis told you that the egg is planted on a plant so that when the egg hatches that it can now eat that plant and then that plant it lives on and then it makes its pupa and then it goes off. A monarch butterfly, matter of fact, likes milkweed only and it will just stay on that milkweed and it will grow and move and then it's going to take care of all the other flowers. But growing up, it can only survive off of that one. But another part of growing is the germination, right? The seed growth process. And the seed, what's the beautiful thing about a seed? That already within the seed is a little plant. What is that saying? The saying is that the quality and the possibility is already there. It just needs to be planted. And then you know that a seed by itself does not grow. Germination says that it involves water, it involves light, it involves maybe shade, it, it involves all kinds of things with the soil and the nutrients within the dirt in order for it to grow. But another thing about the seed, right? One part becomes the top and one part becomes the root. But it's already inside of the seed and it grows. And so Jesus is teaching us about the kingdom of God using a seed and about growth. He says that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The mustard seed is, is an interesting tool because it's the smallest of the seeds that they know. Matter of fact, some suggest that it's the smallest that they can see with a naked eye. Uh, this seed is so small, some, I read one story resource says that you can fit a whole lot of them in a thimble. They're so small. But yet Jesus says that this seed was the smallest of the seeds that you know, that if you plant it, it grows into a large plant. Matter of fact, a tree that birds can nest and rest in the shade of its leaves. Y'all with me? 
We're going to talk about the kingdom, but before we talk about the kingdom and its growth and the parable of the mustard seed, I want us to understand that we cannot get into the kingdom unless we know the gospel. The gospel is the good news. What is the good news? You asked some good questions this morning. The good news is that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have Everlasting life. The gospel impacts us and lets us know that the Son of God was born of the Virgin Mary, clothed himself, the God himself, the Son of God, clothed himself in flesh to die a death on the cross. Why on the cross? Because it was the most explicit and obvious way for everyone to know that he is up there. A public death. For the remission of our sins, for our sins, for our debt, for our penalty. He knew no sin became our sin offering. I want you to grab the, the gravity of that, that Jesus did nothing wrong, but he took your punishment. I don't know about you. If you didn't have any brothers and some sisters, you might, know, you might not know what it means to get in trouble for somebody else's mess. But let me explain you how it works out. That mom and daddy come home, they're going to ask who did it. Nobody speak, everybody get it. And you paying the price for somebody else's mess. It's too late now. You want to tell now. It's all right. I got you anyway. Here's the situation. We understand that Jesus knew no sin took on our death, our punishment, our shame, our guilt. He took what he did not deserve but held it back from us. That's why we know grace and mercy. That's why we like that hymn, Amazing Grace. Because we understand that grace is God's gift towards us. His mercy is holding back what we deserve. We deserve punishment. We deserve death. But for God so loved the world, he gave. Aren't you glad that he's in the giving business? And so when you understand the gospel message is showing me that God loves us, his grace is sufficient, his mercy is everlasting, I, 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 it might change the way I look at things when I understand this gospel message. The gospel teaches me how to forgive because I know God forgives me. The gospel teaches me how to be patient with others as God's patient with me. We, we, we think about, we say we love the gospel and we love Christ and we love God, but yet we forget the Lord's Prayer. In the Lord's Prayer it says that uh, our Father, right, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We understand he is holy. Holy is he. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Sometimes we forget that it's his will be done, not our will. The gospel expressed to us that it's his will to be done, and so we must submit and surrender to his will. And then not only that, that we say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Meaning that I must trust you, God, to lead me. I must trust you, God, to lead me, guide me, knowing you will keep me out of harm's way. And as I realize, God, you're keeping me out of harm's way. Lord, I need you to keep my heart. Forgive my debts. Forgive my sins as I ask you to forgive. As I ask you to forgive me, I need to forgive what? Others. See, sometimes in our lives that we want God to forgive us, but we don't forgive anybody. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that you forgive just as Christ has forgiven you. See, the problem that the kingdom has is that we are fighting against the enemy. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So he loves hate. He loves murder. That's why we have so much strife in our community now, because we have other news being spread, but the good news. 
You got lies that get around the world before the truth puts on its shoes. It's amazing how social media can put one thing out and it becomes fact without nobody checking. But yet you can bring up Jesus, somebody can doubt you all day. Oh, Jesus is not real, but you're going to believe other stuff. Where would you find that? On the internet. The Son of God himself, the gospel, is punched out to us who he is. And so notice Jesus is teaching about the power of the kingdom because the power of the kingdom is in us. Do you understand that he's teaching about the kingdom and he's teaching about his kingdom and he's the king? And so he's initiating his kingdom right now. He's letting everybody know that this is how you can get into the kingdom. He's building his earthly ministry by teaching them, proclaiming to them that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We, we find that in the in gospel according to John, that, that, that 14th chapter, right, that we understand that Jesus, you are the only way. John 14, 1 and 6 says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, I would have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you where everything is ready. And I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we do not know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No kingdom to the Father except through me. Tell your neighbor, gospel is our salvation. See, Jesus came to express to us what the gospel is to usher in the kingdom of God. He began his ministry, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So let's learn about this kingdom again. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Y'all still with me? Uh, Reading with me again. Go ahead. Look at the parable of the mustard seed, starting at verse 31 or verse 32. It's just two verses, but we're going to unpack this together. Here's another illustration, Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make a nest in its branches. Let's look at this kingdom through this parable. It says the kingdom is like a mustard seed. What's pointing out here is that Jesus is dealing with opposition. You have people that don't believe that he's somebody special. They don't think that he's doing anything great. Right now, he doesn't have such a big following. He just has a few people following around him hearing what he's teaching. But the majority of them be like, we don't believe him. Who is he? He's untaught. He's unlearned. He's not one of us. He's a carpenter's son. And, and basically, that's like a slur. They're basically like saying he a poor man. He's not highly educated like us. He, and, and, and the time of the ancient Near East, if you worked with your hands, that was beneath the scholars who just worked with their heads. Or, that's why we know Socrates, all of them, we, we reveled them because they were scholars. They built nothing with their hands, but they philosophized all day. They were the higher ones, the one that could think intellectually and plan and progress and come up with great ideas that people will put together. And so here's the situation that they're thinking about. How can this man, Jesus, be so great? And he's pointing out to them, you may see me as small. Y'all, y'all, y'all grab here. You may see me as small, as small as a mustard. You may think I'm insignificant. You might think I'm nothing special, but you don't know the potential that's within me. Remember again the seed, right? 
The seed already has what's inside of it. I'm going to encourage you that you too are part of the kingdom of God. You too can be a mustard seed for the kingdom of God, but yet you need to allow God to use you for his glory. Because God knows what he put in you, and he knows what he can get out of you. Oh, hallelujah. Others might look at you, may cast you aside, but God says, no, I created you. I formed you for my glory, for my purpose, and I got great things in store for you. And so when God will place you where he wants to place you, hallelujah, uh, I'm going to say that one more time for you to catch it. When God places you where he wants to place you, you will realize that that's where you're going to grow. So don't try to uproot yourself. And they're going to wonder why you're not growing. Because you're not where he put you. You're trying to get somewhere else. But notice here, the seed is planted in a field. And, and, and the seed becomes the largest of the garden plants. God has given us power in the Holy Spirit. And the power in the Holy Spirit makes us great because our God is great. I want you to grab that, that when God gives you something, it's never, it's never a watered down version. When God gives you something, it is the best it can be. How, how is that? Because God's perfect. Uh, you know, you buy stuff from the store to give you a receipt because it might not be in working condition. They, they put it on the shelf. They, they, they think it might be right. They tested at the factory before they came to the store. But, yeah, you bought it. You took it home. It's not working right. You, you call the number on there. You call the warranty company. They let you know, like, no, we could do it. Take it back to the store. You, know, you take it back to the store. They ask you, what's wrong with it? You said, I brought it home like this. And they replace it and give you a new one. But, see, God does not replace and give you a new one because what he gave you is already good. Some might call you no good. Some might doubt you. But I want you to remind you what Genesis says. When God made man, he says he is very good. So you can remind yourself every morning you wake up, I'm very good because God says so. And so when you understand the power of the kingdom means that I'm part of the kingdom. God's called me to be a part of the kingdom and he made me good. I'm very good. There's greatness in me that he wants to get out of me. So I must be planted. But now here's the other aspect about the kingdom, that it's a small. Jesus does not look powerful. He does not look like he's somebody special. That's why they doubt him. That's why they try to kill him. But yet they don't know that the kingdom is spreading. And so that's how the kingdom grows. And now another principle about this kingdom is that birds come. And some suggest the birds are the Gentiles. That the Jews uh, thought it was all about them, but yet Jesus showing them that it's all about everybody. That the birds can come and nest and find shade. Some translation says that it doesn't say into the sky, but into the heavens, because the heavens are the sky. And so it said the tree grows into the heavens and the birds nest on it and find shade and welcome on it. Think about it, how we love trees in hot days to find shade. Shade also provides shelter and calm. We, we find how um, when Jonah did not want to uh, go, he got spit him to the shore. He preached the gospel. It says that he was in the hot sun and God raised up a plant to provide shade for him. And then God made a worm. 
to eat the plant and to say left. Then he got mad <laughs> about how God got rid of that plant. And, and so what God was giving him a lesson here says, you were mad over a plant that perish. I'm concerned about the thousands of souls that are about to perish. And you are mad about a plant. Here's the situation I want you to understand that God is concerned about you. He wants to see you grow, blossom, be, be fruitful in your life. That's why Jesus pointed out, I am the vine and you are the branches. And you are to produce fruit. So you to grow in the kingdom of God. So how, how is this applied to me? I'm glad you asked the question. I'm almost done preaching because I told you about the kingdom. is like the mustard seed. Jesus started out small. He's growing out big. How we know he's growing out big? We'll go to the book at the end in Revelation. He said he's going to bring a new kingdom and a new earth. They thought they had something when they killed him. Uh, you nobody special. We're going to nail you to the cross. He let Jesus let Caesar know. So look here, but if I wanted to. I can call angels to come on down here and set this place off right now if you really want to go there. But I'm not of this kingdom, and so therefore you don't need to worry about me. But it's going to be all right, because i got to go to that cross. i got to die that death, but I will raise myself up again, because you can't kill me. I'm going to lay my life down. I'm going to take it back up. That's the growth of the kingdom. That's what it gets to us, that if Jesus can do that, what does that mean? He can change us from death to life. What is death? Death means separation from God. Death means to have no life. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So if you want life, you got to get Jesus. Tell you never, you got to get Jesus. Jesus is your life support. You need to stay plugged in, connected to him. He's sort of like that machine go, beep, beep. As long as you connected, you won't keep your, your, your chest keeps on going up and going down because he's the breath of life. Hallelujah. He keeps on breathing life into us because he gives us the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when you let the gospel get in you, it changes you from the inside out. Hallelujah. And so if you just let God come in, you open yourself up and be submissive to his will. It's amazing how things start changing in your life. You can see a metamorphosis of you that you can say, I used to be immature, but now I'm mature. I used to live this way, but now I live for the Lord. I used to talk like this, but now I want to use my tongue to bring glory unto God. I want to bless him. I want to worship him. I want to serve him. My my eyes used to look at some other stuff, but now my eyes have seen the glory. I'm not talking to somebody here that knows what I'm talking about. That if you've been changed by God, you change the way you walk, you change the way you talk, your conversations change, the way you dress change. People look at you change because they realize something's different about you. You can let them know I've been changed. By Jesus. Spread the news. Let somebody else know that God did it for me. He can do it for you. He's in the changing business. He wants all of us to grow in the maturity of Christ. So just keep on trusting in him. And notice this that you can look, somebody can look at you and think you are small. But they don't know the greatness that's in you. I, 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 let me come over and let me tell somebody over here that they may look at you as if you are small. But they don't know the greatness that is in you. 
I got some people over here. They may look at you as if you are small, but they don't know the greatness that is in you. If you don't believe in yourself, you're going to hurt yourself. But here it is. If you can believe in God and know that God has done it, you can just stand up on the promises of the Lord and know I shall not be moved. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my strength. And if the Lord said so, it is so. Yes and amen. Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. I'm done preaching now. But I just want to give my shout. He's good. <laughs> He's good. And here's the beautiful thing. The change is not done. He's still working on us. Paul wrote in Philippians that he who begun a good work will continue. Can somebody say continue? Until Jesus comes back. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. Will you be ready? So just surrender to him. Submit to him. We want to open up the altar. You come for prayer. You can come, those who are interested, to join this fellowship. The elders and deacons, you can please stand up. Amen.